Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. What's up, church? How we doing, everybody? Yeah, let's give it up for Jesus Christ, the Lord of all. Come on right now, let's lift up a praise. All right, stay standing if you would, stay standing. I just wanna take a minute and I just wanna say what a privilege it is to be with you at the James River Prayer Meeting. No place like this on planet Earth than the James River Prayer Meeting. It's true, it's true. I have so many great memories at the prayer meeting and most of them are up on this stage right here. And Randall, worship team can attest, best seat in the house. Best seat in the house because we get to see what God is doing in people's lives, see people being transformed and changed, reaching out and finding God, finding freedom, leaving changed and transformed because they've met with Jesus Christ. And there's nothing like it. And uh, really what is happening here, and you know this, I know that you do, but in case that you don't, what is happening here is exceptional. It's really remarkable, it's miraculous. Not only that it's happening, but that it, is, has, it has happened for as long as it has been happening. I mean, how you know you can be good for a day, but to be good for a decade times three, come on somebody, you know that's significant. All right, well, I just also wanna say this, you all are family, so you may not know us, but you all are family, and so we always love when uh, family come and visit us in Kansas City, so if you ever do, on a weekend, stop by, we'd love to give you a hug, take you out to some Kansas City barbecue, come on, somebody, you know it's the best barbecue on the planet. It's true, it's true, it's proven. Um, the better part of our family is not with me uh, tonight, but I want to take a minute. I want to show you just our pick. This is my, uh, this is my wife, Jen, and our three kids, Cruz, Titus, and that sweet little terror of a girl, Eden June. Uh, man, we are so thankful for uh, all of our kids, but man, can you pray with me for her? That face just says it all. That's all I got to say. It's, she is feisty. Feisty. I mean, she leaves us every single day with a what in the world are we going to do with this kind of moment? Like, I don't know if you have a kid like that where it's like it grows your prayer life. Like she is aging me in dog years. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like every day feels like seven. You know, it's just literally, literally like that. Uh, the other day. The other day, I remember uh, we were, I was, we, she said, I want to watch a show. I'd like to watch a show. And I was like, all right, let's, let, what do you want to watch? And I'm thinking, you know, it's Moana or Aladdin for the 934th time or Frozen for the millionth time. I'm thinking like, okay, let's watch a show. I love it because that's when she cuddles close. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Whatever you want to watch, I will endure it. And so she, she gets close to me, and, and, and I'm like, all right, is, what is it going to be? Moana? Is it going to be Aladdin? Is it going to be Frozen? She goes, I want to watch Iron Man. I was like, all right. That's, that's, that's more my flavor. Let's do this. Let's do this. We're growing in our relationship. This is amazing. I don't even know how she knows who Iron Man is. Maybe she saw the boys watching it or something. I don't know. But so she's like, I want to watch Iron Man. And so I'm like, all right. Start, you know, thumbing through this. This could be really fun. And we start getting it, start getting ready to play. And she goes, I want to watch Iron Man. He's cute. I said, what? She's like, he's cute. I'm like, you are three. All right. 
Iron Man is not cute. Moana it is. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to watch Moana again. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, I want to take a few moments. I want to look at a scripture that God has been really speaking to me about recently. It's Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is a great psalm written by David, and uh, it's something that God has been dropping in my heart. In fact, actually, uh, the precursor for this is when we were here a few weeks ago, and Pastor said something during his message, and it made me kind of do a deep dive on this, on this psalm. And, and God's been using it to stir my heart for him, all right? So I wanna take a few moments and I wanna look at Psalm 34, verse eight. You probably have heard this Psalm. It says this, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Blessed is the, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I'm gonna, we're gonna walk through the entire Psalm in just a few moments. But before we do, I just want to ask a question. Are there any coffee lovers in the house at every, every campus? Just raise your hand. Come on, make some noise for the bean that is straight from God. Coffee. I love coffee. I love making it. I love drinking at it. I love watching it be made. I love grinding it. I love the smells. I love the taste. I love the aromas. It's one of the best smells on the planet. I mean, even people who don't like drinking coffee love the smell of coffee. Now, my journey uh, with coffee, like Jesus, started gradually, right? Starts gradually. I, I remember I was, a, I was a student at CBC, all right, Central Bible College, located in Springfield, Missouri. Doesn't exist anymore. May you rest in peace. Great place it was. But I remember it was like, I never drank coffee before, but I had this paper that was due and I, need, I, was gonna, I knew I was gonna have to stay up late. And so my friend was like, hey, have you tried this? You know? And I was like, no, it was like this, it was an instant like latte thing. Like, I mean, I wouldn't even look at this in the supermarket today, but you know, uh, I, I was like, no, I never tried it. And I was like, all right, pour some in, stir it up, drink a little bit. I was like, like I literally like Ferrari mode. He's like, I was up all night, got the paper done. I was like, I was like Jacob watching the angels go up and down the ladder. I was like, surely the Lord is in this place. That's how I felt. I was like, this God is in this. And and it's, it's just amazing. It's just there's nothing like coffee. And the reason I tell you this, I, I, I've just loved coffee ever since. I started, I started uh, you know, with the instant, and then I moved to like regular lattes with vanilla in it, then without vanilla, then I moved to coffee with cream, and then I finally graduated to coffee how God intended it, black with nothing in it. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just... Now, I know some of you, you're still on a journey. Pray for Pastor Brandon. He's still on a journey on all of this. He's putting that frou-frou stuff all up in his coffee. So, but, but I, the reason I tell you my love for coffee is because at the end of last year, I got COVID. And, and the, the reason I knew I got it was because I couldn't taste my coffee. Yeah, thank you for the sympathy, all. It was, it was tragic. And I was like, I, I was like, Jen, I, I, I can't taste my coffee. She's like, shut up. I'm like, no, serious, serious. So then she made like this other tea that we have that is super strong. She's like, can you smell this? I'm like, no. And she's like, can you taste this? I'm like, 
no. She goes, get out of here. Like she was like, get, get to your room. Like literally he's like, go to your room. It was like Monsters, Inc., you know, when they find like the sock on the back. It's like, we got a 2319. That's how it felt. It's like, get to your room. So, so I was in quarantine for a little bit and, and I couldn't taste anything. And so literally like it was just uh, oatmeal. My, Jen would make me oatmeal, bring it up and, and toast because at least it had some texture. I couldn't taste it. It was like horrible. It was horrible. And, and so like after I, you know, after a week and a half, I got some smell back and some taste back another week. I got some, but right now, still to this day, I don't have, I don't have like the bitter flavor. I cannot taste coffee to this day. Yes. Thank you. We're going to believe in prayer at the end of this, that that's going to change in Jesus name. But it's worked out really good for being a dad because I also can't smell dirty diapers. So true story, true story. I still, so I'm like changing. I'm earning all kinds of brownie points right now with my wife. I'm like dirty diaper. I got it. But I, I miss the taste of coffee and and it's amazing because I, I feel like I savored every cup that I've ever had. But, but as I look back on it, it's easy, it's, it's easy to take taste for granted. It's easy to take taste for granted. And David says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you know what I think can happen? Is when you and I have been walking with God maybe for a few years, you've been walking with Jesus for a little bit, He's starting to do stuff in your life, and maybe it's been a few years, and, and you've been to a few church services. You get down the road a little bit, and if we're not careful, we can forget how good the Lord tastes. We can forget how good he tastes. And let me just tell you this as a testimony. He is good. He is good, and he does good. I was reminded of this a few months ago. When uh, we got together, uh, as Pastor Brandon introduced me, he, he mentioned that we had the opportunity to, uh, to get some land. And what happened is we, we merged with an, an assemblies, another Assemblies of God church there in Lee Summit. First Assembly of God in Lee Summit. And it's something that I felt God drop in my heart three and a half years ago. And it was just, it was just one of those things. We had brought a, co- a consultant in to talk about multi-site. And he said, churches were starting to do like merger stuff. And, and I just, as soon as he said merger, I was like, that is not what I'm going to do. Like that just sounds hard and difficult and, and just, it just problemsome. I just thought this is not what I want to give myself to, but I felt like God spoke. And when God speaks, God is going to do what he speaks. He's going to bring it about. He's going to bring it about. And, and it did, we merged this year. And it's, again, it's given us the opportunity to have a great building right on the highway, an opportunity to expand the ministry, and it was literally just given to us by God. We're super thankful for it. But before it happened, we had to do an interview with the church. So we, we, we came to the church and we kind of did what we called a town hall and I introduced the staff and I told them about our vision. I was like, hey, this is what we're about. We want to reach the 75% of Kansas City that's not in a Jesus-centered church. That's our passion. We want to help people find and follow Jesus and I'm, I'm spitting vision. I'm giving the best that I can. But then we had a few people in our church share some testimonies. And, and I just, I'd asked them, I was like, hey, can you just share about what God's done in your life? And they started sharing. I, honestly, I didn't even review it with them, but I, they just started sharing. And one right after another started talking about how God had used our church to change their life. Came, came to the last person 
who's become a friend of mine, his name's Alec, sharp, successful businessman in our church, did not grow up in church, had no knowledge of God, but his neighbor invited him to Summit Park. And he started talking about what God has done in his life. He started talking about how, how God has changed him, transformed him from the inside out, how he got baptized at Summit Park Church, how he's, he's leading his business now through the, through the eyes of what would Jesus do with this, how he's praying with his kids every night before they go to bed, and how he's, he's spending time encouraging his wife, leading his wife who was trying to drag him to church. Now he's leading his wife closer to Jesus. It's amazing. And so as they're going through this, like one after another, I was like, wow, that's amazing. Wow, that's amazing. Alex, that's I was like, that's amazing. Alex crying. Lisa, my first people crying. I'm crying. I'm like, this stuff really works, y'all. Like literally. I was like, look at this. How many of you know Jesus Christ changes people's lives? He does. He 100% does. And when when you, and it was interesting because I was like, I almost, like, it didn't take me back, but I was like, wow, when you taste the Lord, you see that he is good. When you taste Jesus, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about going through motions. I'm not talking about hype. I'm talking about the authentic gospel of Jesus Christ. When you let God into your heart, you will taste and see that he is good. And some of you, maybe you're here today and you have not tasted and seen yet. Well, hopefully, by the time you leave this place, you will taste and see. But for some of you, maybe you're here and you've, you've lost a little bit of your taste buds. You've lost, what it, you've lost that closeness. You've lost what it means to have that sweet relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to take a few moments and look through this passage. And I, I just want to, I want to show you how to get your taste back spiritually. All right. It's interesting because David, I think maybe knowingly or unknowingly through the influence and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, actually, I believe gives us a formula through this entire Psalm on how to get our taste buds back. All right. Let me show you four things. Very simple, but very powerful when applied. First of all, he's, he's going to tell us to worship the Lord. Then he's going to tell us to seek the Lord. He's going to tell us to honor the Lord. And then he's going to tell us to trust the Lord. All right, we're going to get our taste buds back. All right, before we do, I want you to tell 16 people sitting next to you, say, I'm getting my taste back. Come on, tell 16 people. Say, I'm getting my taste back. Let me show you the context of this verse. You look at the beginning. First of all, he wants us to worship the Lord. Verse one says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. That word praise is is, or extol is Barak. It means to praise, adore, bless with strength. He's basically saying, I'm going to bless God with all that I am. Everything I've got inside of me is going to rise up and I'm going to praise him. And he says this, when am I going to do it? All times. All times. Some of the time? No, all times. Every now and then? No, all times. You can talk back to me. You don't have to be afraid. You can talk back to me. All times. When you, when you kind of feel like it. No, no, all times. This is praising God through it all. 
the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the good times, the bad times, the exciting times, the disappointing times. He says, I am going to bless the Lord with all that I have within me at all times. And David had just come through a very difficult season, a very crazy season, literally a crazy season. He was on the run from Saul. For some reason, thought it would be a good idea to run to the place where Goliath was from, the giant that he had killed. Gets there and he's like, I don't think this is a good idea. And he's like, so then he starts acting like a crazy person and gets out of that situation. And he gets out of that and he's like, thank you, Jesus. He escapes with his life. And he says, I am going to praise at all times. Let me just say, let me just tell you this. It is so important for us to develop a discipline in our life when we, that causes us to praise God no matter what our current situation is. No matter what it looks like, no matter what we see, no matter what we might be feeling, we've got to have something that says, I am going to praise the Lord at all times. That's how you're going to get your taste back. You know, last year was especially hard for all of us, right? It was especially hard for all of us. And, and as a church, honestly, it was, it was not a difficult year. It was the most difficult year. Watching people not come back to church, watching people fight with each other, infighting in the church. It was just really, really difficult. And there were so many moments where I just literally had to get a hold of myself and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. You know, sometimes it's so easy to look around and see all of the things that aren't happening, all of the things that you that you wish were happening in your life, that maybe the things that you've prayed for that haven't come through yet. It's easy to do that, but how many of you know it takes a lot of skill and discipline and faith to say, God, I'm not gonna focus on all the things that aren't happening. I'm gonna focus on all of the things that you are doing right now in this moment. And I'm gonna let that motivate me to say, God, I'm gonna thank you for it. God, I'm gonna praise you for it. I will praise you at all times. I just wanna challenge you. Maybe you've come here today, maybe you're watching this online, one of the campuses, and, and you've come into this place and your spirit has lost its taste for God. You've lost that sweetness. Can I encourage you just to start with a little bit of gratitude, a little bit of thankfulness, a little bit of appreciation for what God's done, for what he has brought you through. As we get ready, we're gonna close in a time of worship. Can I just challenge you just to, to find five things that you could be thankful for? And as we, as we go to prayer, you start listing those things out and watch your taste buds come back. Verse two says this, I will glory in the Lord. The ESV says, my soul makes its boast in the Lord. David had a lot to be proud of. But he's saying this, my boast is not going to be in who I am or what I have done. It's going to be in the Lord. I'm going to boast in the Lord. My identity is not going to be found in killing a giant or being the greatest king of Israel, establishing the capital. No, it's going to be in God and his love for me. That's how I'm going to boast. Psalm 18, I believe he's thinking about that when he writes this. He says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. He's saying, you know where my confidence is going to be? Do you know where my strength is going to be? It's going to be in the goodness of God. 
and I'm going to stir myself in that. I'm going to remind myself that God is good and that he does good. And I'm going to let that just simmer in my spirit. And I'm going to let that drive me to faith. And then as a sidebar, I think it's kind of interesting. In verse 2, he says, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. You know, he says, let the people who've been hurt, let the people who've been wounded, let the people who've been burned, let the people who are bitter and angry and discouraged, let them hear this good news and let them cause them to praise. Can we just say this? Come to this place, watching online at one of the campuses, and you're hurting right now, can I just tell you this? God sees you, and God loves you, and he cares for you, and as you begin to seek him and praise him, you're gonna get your taste back. You're gonna get your taste back. Then he says, this is a communal effort. This isn't just a solo sport. Worship is a team sport. Look, he says, glorify the Lord with me. He says, let us exalt his name together. He said, come on, let's go on a journey. Let's all get together. You know, there is something powerful and significant about the body of Christ coming together and lifting up the name of Jesus and seeking the presence of God. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir because you all are here or you're watching, but let me just say this as an encouragement to do what you are already doing. There is something significant and that only happens when we come together. There's something powerful about the saints of God, lifting up the name of God, bringing the presence of God. God does things. He can do things at home, but there's something special about the presence of God and people lifting up and the encouragement of the believers and seeing someone else lift, lift their hands and talking to someone in the lobby after church and encouraging. There's, there's something special about that. And let me just say this. I really believe the enemy knows this, which is why he wants to keep you away. So worship. He says, you're going to get your taste back when you worship the Lord. Second, you're going to get your taste back when you seek the Lord. Everybody say, seek the Lord. He says, verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Look at the order. He seeks God and then he gets delivered by God. That's how it happens. That's how it works. The word sought is the word darash. And it means to seek with care, to inquire about, to, to be intent on to make supplication. I love that word intent. It's this idea that I am intentionally going to seek God and I'm going to bring my needs before the Lord. There should be an intentionality to our prayer life. There should be a regularity to our prayer life. And what's cool is the creator of the universe, the one who spoke the world into existence, the one who holds all of it in his hand, that same God says to you and me, not only it's okay for you to bring your needs, but I want you to. I want you to intentionally, continually, regularly just bring your needs, make supplication to God. You know, you can do a lot of things about your needs. You can worry about your needs. You can whine about your needs. You can get overwhelmed by your needs. You can be afraid of your needs, or you can derosh your needs. You can seek the Lord. And the beauty of this is that your face will shine. Look at verse five. It says, those who look to him 
are radiant. That's such a beautiful phrase, isn't it? it the word radiant is nahar. It means to shine, to beam. Some of you girls, you're looking for that perfect face cream. You want your face to shine. Can I tell you that the presence of God is better than Botox? Can I tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ is better than Estee Lauder? And I believe this, I believe this, the radiance that he's talking about is a result of joy. That joy comes from spending time in the presence of God. You want joy? Seek the Lord. Look what he says in verse five. This is the result of that. Their faces are never covered with shame. Oh, that's so beautiful, isn't it? Shame is word kafir. It means to be abashed or ashamed, confounded, disgraced. Shame is the absolute worst, isn't it? You ever do something that you told yourself you would not do? That's shame. You feel shame and, and, and it keeps you from the presence of God. It makes you feel bad about being in the presence of God. But the beauty about coming into the presence of God is that God is the shame lifter. This is in the Old Testament. How many of you know we have the New Testament online? We've got the cross of Christ. Jesus died on a cross to take our sin, to take our shame. He paid it once and for all. Colossians 2 says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle, triumphing over them by the cross. I want to encourage you, if you come into this place with some shame because of what you've continued to do over and over again, I want to, I want to just give you this word. God wants to take that shame and he wants to lift it. And it can happen in the presence of God. It can happen because of the blood of Christ. Something that has owned you, Jesus has already owned it. And he wants to lift it from you. So don't run from the presence of God, run to the presence of God. And he will lift your shame. Verse six says, this poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse seven, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. The reality is the Lord is with you when you are with him. Spending some time with God. It's in the presence of the Lord with the people of God. God's gonna lift that shame. He's gonna lift your spirit. And then, then he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we could stop right there. We could just wrap it up, say, all right, let's pray, let's worship. But there's one thing that he says, he goes on, I believe he finishes the chapter with several verses that I believe are making an important point that I want to say and bring it a little bit to the forefront of our mind. And it's this, if you want to get your taste of it back, you need to honor the Lord. Over the next several verses, David's going to talk about walking with God and how the those who fear the Lord lack no good thing. They live in awe of God, that they live this life that reflects the goodness of God. And I think it's really important that we understand the order of this. He says in verse 14, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. He says, now that you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, live a life that reflects it. And the order is so, is so important 
because we need to understand that God doesn't want us to be good to get to him. He wants us to understand that his goodness and mercy and love is greater than any, all of our goodness could ever amount to. And he loves us in spite of us, not because of us. But when we taste and see that he's good, we live a life that reflects it. And we honor him with it. And then he brings it home and says in verse 22, the Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. And the point he's making here is trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. The word trust there, or refuge there rather is kasa. It means to flee for protection, to confide in, to have hope, to make refuge, to put trust. When you've done everything you can do, you've prayed, you've worshiped, you've honored, you've done your very best to live a life seeking God. You can say, God, now I'm gonna hide myself in you. I'm just gonna wrap myself in the reality that, that you are who you say you are and that you are going to do what you said you would do. In the last year, there were so many things that were going wrong for us, just seemingly like one punch right after, it just seemed like things were going wrong. And I had to put myself in that place where saying, God, I'm gonna trust that you are working even when we can't see it. That you're doing something amazing and miraculous even when we can't feel it. And man, to be on the other side of it now, to have this land, to be working on a building, to be coming out of COVID with such strength, is such a testimony to the goodness of God. But let me just tell you, that was a three and a half year journey. There were so many times, our, both of our leases are up at both locations this year. And there were times last year, I was like, God, what are we gonna do? 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 And the board was like, Scott, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And we passed on two pieces of land because it didn't feel like God was in it because I knew God had spoken. I had tasted, I had seen, and I hung on to that word. And, and that's where the trust comes. And I just wanna encourage you, some of you are here tonight and life has not worked how you thought it was gonna work out. Maybe you're, you're in a relationship, that's not what you thought it was gonna be. Maybe you're out of that relationship and you had hoped it was gonna be something really special. Maybe your job, your career, your life, your spirit, your attitude, isn't what you want it to be. Can I just tell you, I believe God is speaking so clearly. He wants us, he wants all of us. He wants to use us to change the city, to change this state, to change this country. And it's gonna happen when we have a fresh taste of the sweetness and the goodness of God in our spirits. You're here today and the reality is you're saying, you know what, it hasn't gone how I want it to go. God's saying, I want you just to hide yourself in me. That's the beauty of the altar. That's the beauty of just, that's the beauty of the prayer meeting, saying, God, I'm gonna hide myself in you. I'm gonna trust you. You're God, I'm not. You're on the throne, I'm just sitting here. But I'm gonna live in a place of faith, amen?